Welcome to the Devotional Toddcast, hosted by Pastor Todd Walker and Crossroads Church in Littleton, New Hampshire. Let's start the Toddcast with a question today. What would your dream home look like? Think about it. You can answer out loud or inwardly. What would your dream home have if you could design a dream home? Give me, give me a couple answers verbally. Bluey's house. Blue, <laughs> you'd have Bluey's house in your home, or it would be designed as Bluey's house? Yeah, designed as Bluey's house. That's your dream home? It's pretty awesome. Whoa, okay. Why is it awesome? It has After, all these open porches. Nice. And, yeah. Okay. Big kitchen. Is it feasible? Not Could you actually design a house like that? Okay. <laughs> okay, for Australia, not in our climate. What about somebody else? What's a dream home or something you'd have in your dream home? Fire pole and a slide. Fire pole and a slide? Okay. Why do you need both, Joel? Oh, okay. <laughs> I like the fire pole idea, although my kids would, would overuse that thing and there'd be a lot of injuries. Um, ski into the house and out of the house? All right. Anyone else? Go ahead. Yeah, Cheryl. A barn? You want your house to be a barn or you want a barn that's part of your house? Barn to live in. There you go. That would be a cool house. Um, here's my answer. I want, if I could have a dream home, here, there's three things I would require. Three. That's it. Just a small list. I want central air conditioning. I don't like heat. I, last year I had Travis install a air conditioning for us in our living room or in our dining room while well, I just watched. It was great. Thanks for that, Travis, by the way, because it's blessing us every summer. But I would have central air conditioning. I would also have a soundproof room because eight kids. Um, don't ask that question. All I, need, I don't know that answer. Probably both. Um, but I want a soundproof room and maybe some Nerf furniture because I don't like hitting my knee and my toe on furniture. Um, it's either that or stuff on Legos. And I, we end up with a lot of bruises in the Walker house. So I want some Nerf furniture made out of Nerf. Um, although those are jokes, we're going to talk about what, what I'm going to call tonight a confident cottage. A confident cottage. Now, it's funny how as you get older, your desires change. Isn't that interesting? How things that you liked as a kid are not the same things you like as an adult. Let me give you an example. When I was 18, I wanted a pair of Air Jordans. Let me, let me, let me amend that. I wanted the flyest pair of Air Jordan sneakers that I could have, that money could buy. I didn't get that pair of Air Jordan sneakers, but I wanted it so that I could impress the ladies. Because I thought the ladies back when I was 18 would be impressed by the fly pair of Air Jordans. But I told you, desires changed. I don't want Air Jordans anymore. You know what I want now? Now I want the softest pair of old man slippers <laughs> so that I could soothe my plantar fasciitis. So desires change, don't they? When I was 21, I wanted a car that went from zero to 60 in five seconds. That's what guys talk about when they're, when they're young. They want a car that can go really fast on the road, a car that went zero to 60 in five seconds. I wanted that car like that because I could, I could impress all my friends. And now, because I'm older, now I'm on the road yelling at those cars to slow down. Um, while I set my cruise on my minivan to exactly the speed limit because I don't want to get hurt or pulled over. Um, when I was a teenager, I wanted to hang out with my friends into the wee hours of the morning. You know, well past midnight. Anyone else just wanted to stay up and have no bedtimes? Wait, two, three, four o'clock, didn't matter. That's what I wanted to do with my friends all the time. And now, I did do it. And I paid. I paid for that. Uh, but now plan desires change. Now I come up with plans to get people out of my house by 8 p.m. 
It's kind of like the opposite of what I, what I did growing up. Um, but desires change, don't they? And, and this, to be serious, honestly, I remember wanting growing up everything that the world had to offer. I really did. I wanted everything that the world had. Um, and I remember growing up just really struggling with that concept because I wanted everything that the world had to offer me. And I got upset with God when he didn't give me things that I wanted. You guys remember doing that? God, I want this. God says no. You don't get it. And you get frustrated with God. It's a classic story, unfortunately. We know what we want. We believe we know what we want. And God says, no, you don't know. You don't know what you want. Only I know what you want because I'm your creator. And he asks us to trust him. And that's the same struggle parents have with their kids, don't they? I have that struggle with my children. My children think they know what they want. And they make their desires very clear. And then I have to say to them, I have more wisdom than you. That's not actually what you want or need. Here's what you need. Here's what you want. And we give them different stuff. And so I understand that same struggle as a parent. Now, when God does that, when, he, when God makes it clear to, to us that his desires are a little bit different for our lives than our desires, we then have a choice, don't we? Number one, we can trust him and go with his plan. That's the easy route. That's the safe route. Trust God and obey him. Number two, we can continue believing that we know better than God does. And we can fight and struggle with God to get what we want of this life instead of what God wants for us. And I think number two is a very hard way to go. In fact, I know that it is because I went that way. It's a very hard way to go. In fact, I believe it's a surefire way to get anxiety in this life. Maybe even depression. Is for us to wrestle, to struggle against God for what he has planned for our lives versus what we want out of this life. Now, we all went through a pandemic together a couple years ago, and uh, the pandemic has sort of settled down a little bit. We're not in that pandemic like we were before, but I think there's a worse pandemic around us, and this is what, absolutely serious. I think this is probably the greatest pandemic the world is facing right now, anxiety. I think it's huge. I think it's high. I think it's rampant. I think it's gaining popularity. It's, it's all over the world. And I'm going to be honest, I struggled with anxiety as a kid. Probably a lot of kids do. But I was not a confident person for many years of my life. I wanted certain things out of this life, and God said no. And I kept trying to get those things, even though God said no. Sometimes I succeeded getting them, even though it was a hard way to go. And sometimes I failed getting those things. And that was a really miserable ride to be on for most of my life. And that's the ride, unfortunately, that the world is currently on today. They believe they know what is best for their lives, and they're going to do all that they can to get those things. And sometimes they'll succeed, and they'll get them. And a lot of times they'll fail, and their life is going to be full of ups and downs, a lot of misery, a lot of anxiety, and they believe that's the path to happiness. Is that the path to happiness? It's not, is it? This is actually going to lead the world and those who don't follow God's plan to anxiety, to possibly even depression. And if that's not enough, as we learned about on Sunday, if we don't go God's way and we don't listen to his words, we don't obey his words, our houses, which means our lives one day, are going to collapse because they're on shifting sand. And shifting sand cannot hold a house up for the rest of eternity unless we go the way of God. Let me read a passage for you, to you from 1 Peter 1, chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. Peter says this. He says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. He says in verse 24, All flesh 
is like grass and its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this is the word, or excuse me, this word is the good news that was preached to you. That path that we talked about that the world is currently on, that doesn't have to be our path, does it? It doesn't have to be our story. In fact, the Lord, I believe, through his word is imploring us to let him show us a better way. A better way for us to live our lives. Because he's our creator, he's our savior, he's our God, and no one could love us more, have better intentions for our life than our creator, than our savior, and than our God does. Now, if we do it God's way, if we believe his promises, if we obey the commandments of God, then God has promised to change those old desires we had and replace that anxiety we have within us with peace and contentment. Here's another passage of scripture, Romans 12, a very famous one. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing it, you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul, in so many words, is telling us, go God's way. Go God's way. Don't go your own way. Don't be conformed to the world. The, world is, the world's wayward. The world's going to a bad place. That's not the way of God. Go according to the will and the work of God. Now, listen, think about this. Can you imagine what contentment would bring to your soul if the same things we wanted out of this life are the same things that lined up with God's will? Wouldn't that be true contentment? If his will for our lives is the same things that we desire, Almost like if, as a father, I commanded my kids to eat their favorite meal. Can you imagine what peace that would bring my child if I said, hey, guys, you're going to eat your meal tonight, and that meal is going to be your favorite meal, and I want it eaten, I want it, I want it gobbled up, I, I don't want any leftovers. I think they would love that. The pizza or whatever we gave them, the mac and cheese, the ramen, they would, they would eat it up. It would be no problem at all. They'd have peace and contentment about that commandment. Now, unfortunately, this world is set up to be disappointed one day because they're concerned with making their houses, i.e. their lives, beautiful. That's what the world is concerned with, making their lives great here upon the earth. And maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't agree with me. I think Hollywood is one of the saddest group of people alive. I really do. The more I watch how they go and how they function, I think it's a sad group of people because I think they're trying to make their houses, their mansions, their lives beautiful. And they're clinging onto that beauty as long as they possibly can because they're anxious and they're insecure and they're, they don't have hope beyond the grave. And I think that's a really sad way to go. But we who follow Jesus, we're set up to be content for the rest of eternity because we're concerned primarily with making sure our houses or our lives are securely placed upon the rock of Jesus. That's our concern. The world might get a mansion now. We might get a cottage now. But they would live in anxiety and we can live with contentment. Now, we might not have anything more in this life than that meager cottage. Maybe God doesn't give us the grand things that we wanted as a kid or the grand things we want right now, but he's given us something better. He's given us contentment. Contentment on this life, here on earth, based upon his promises. And when Jesus returns, that meager cottage that we live in now, called our lives, it's going to turn into a mighty mansion in the sky, isn't it? when we are brought to the kingdom of God with Jesus for all eternity. And my goal tonight is not to convince you of that truth because I think we 
sought to accomplish that this past Sunday. My goal tonight is to help that perspective sink into our minds and hearts. That a cottage built upon Jesus is better than a mansion built upon anything else. Would you agree with that? That a meager cottage built upon Jesus is better than a mansion built on anything else. I asked my kids that question. The other night I was kind of teaching them this lesson and showed them a picture on the internet of a cottage, a small little cottage. And I said, I'm going to show you two homes and I'm going to let you tell me which home you want between the two. It was like a would you rather. And I showed them a really small cottage and we have a big family. So they didn't immediately jump at that one, as you might expect. And then I showed them this huge mansion with this massive pool around it. And the kids were like, are you kidding me? Which house do we want? And I said, before you answer, I said, I have to amend this a little bit. The cottage, the first house that you saw, is in a very safe place. It's, it's built on stone. It's built on rock. It's, it's got a nice, safe neighborhood. And the mansion with the pool is on a cliffside, and the ground below it keeps caving in. And the kids immediately swap teams. I mean, it was great. I should have had it on a video because they're like, we'll take the cottage. And I used a little scare tactics. But... But the lesson was there for the kids. The kids realized that the house is better if it's secure versus pretty and beautiful and insecure. And if and when our secure, meager cottages are lives upon the rock of Jesus, we gain something the world desperately is trying to find in all the wrong places. We get contentment and we get peace. Now, when I was younger, I would have said that I wanted a family, a good job, and happiness. That would, that would have been my top three things. But you know what I really wanted more than anything looking back? I wanted contentment and peace. Those are the things I was really striving to find. But I was looking to all the wrong people, all the wrong places, and all the wrong treasures in order to find those things. And of course, they all let me down because that's what they're designed to do. In fact, the pursuit of striving for contentment and peace without looking to Jesus ended up stealing all my joy, stealing all my joy, stealing all my confidence. And I ended up being a very anxious, insecure person who had no real hope in life. But now that the Lord has opened my eyes to see what is real and what is true, I have the greatest treasure of all time. I have contentment, I have confidence, and I have peace. Not because of who I am, not because of how pretty my life is or beautiful I am, but because I'm founded upon the rock of Jesus Christ. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's easy to say today, but contentment, confidence, and peace, they're slippery treasures. You might have them today, you might lose them tomorrow, and that's true, isn't it? Unless those things are based upon rock and immovable promises of God, which they are. If they're based upon shifting sand, I agree with you. You might have it today, you might lose it tomorrow, and that's the world system. But if these things are based upon the strength, love, and promises of our Creator, our Savior, and our God, then they are by nature immovable. You guys ever heard the word steadfast? That's what the word steadfast means. Immovable. Cannot be, shift, cannot be shifted, cannot move, cannot collapse. The bottom line here tonight is that if we're obeying the will of God, the commandments of God, peace, confidence, and contentment are in our spiritual pantries whenever we need them. We can have them today. We can have them tonight. We can have them tomorrow. They're right there available to us if we simply believe the promises of God. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm tired of anxiety. I'm tired of living an anxiety-ridden life. I want confidence. And I want those I love to have confidence. I don't want to be an anxious person anymore. Because the Lord of all creation loves me. And he loves you. And he fights for us. Did you know that? Our Lord fights for our contentment and our peace every day of our lives. And he's established a home in heaven for us 
in his eternal kingdom. And we realize that by listening to and obeying his word. That's how we realize, that's how we find these things that God has for us. But before we close tonight, I want to simply look at what we're talking about tonight from the enemy's point of view, because we have an enemy, don't we? And he knows that if he figures out how to trade us cottages for insecure mansions, then he's going to win and we're going to lose. He wants us to trade our obedience to him for anything else. That's our plan. That's the our plan of our enemy, is he wants to trade obedience to Jesus with literally anything else because he knows obedience is the gateway to peace, contentment, and security. And if obedience to Jesus is the recipe for peace, contentment, and confidence, the devil will trade us anything for those things. Anything. He'll trade us obedience for hearing only. He'll trade us obedience for good intentions only. He'll trade us obedience for excuses why we can't obey. He'll trade us obedience for lies for why we don't have to obey. He doesn't care what it is, but he cannot, no matter what, have us obeying Jesus because he knows what happens when a person has that kind of obedience. They have peace and contentment and they can hurt the kingdom of darkness when they have that. A soul who finds its rest, peace, and contentment in obeying the will of God is a soldier for righteousness and love. And if you don't believe me, then I ask you to look around at our church. Because I think that's exactly what is Crossroads Church is experiencing right now. I really do. I believe we are people who are sick of living anxiety-ridden lives and we're ready to follow the will of the Lord. At least that's from my vantage point. That's what I'm looking around when I see Crossroads Church. I'm noticing the North Country paying attention to what's going on here. Because I believe they're seeing peace and contentment in this place. And it's all a glory to who? To our God. Because that's his plan working out exactly as he said it would. And now we have a choice. We can leave here agreeing with this message and do absolutely nothing with it, or we can resolve ourselves to learn, to listen, and to obey just as it's found in the Word of God. Because I can tell you from firsthand experience that when I obey the Lord, I'm ready to take on this world with the light of Jesus. And when I'm seeking my own will, I am one anxious, insecure person. And I'm useless for the kingdom of God. Mansions built upon sand are going to look nice now, aren't they? But one day they're going to be taken down by the waves and winds of God's righteous judgment. And meager cottages don't seem anything great right now. But if they're built upon the rock of Jesus Christ, they're going to be the envy of the universe when Jesus returns because the only houses and lives left standing at Judgment Day are going to be the ones who listened to and obeyed the will of Jesus. So are we going to endlessly pursue an insecure mansion founded upon the shifting sand of the world, are we content to have a confident cottage built upon the rock of Jesus Christ? And as a prayer tonight, before we close, I just want to say this to the Lord. Jesus, help us see that your will is the pathway to contentment and peace. Let us work more on our relationship with you than we do making our lives pretty and attractive because it's you that we need. It's always been you that we need. And it'll always be you that we need for the rest of eternity. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your help. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Devotional Toddcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. Learn more about us at CrossroadsOfLittleton.com. Crossroads Church, seeking to shine the light and love of Jesus in the heart of New England.